Hey, Bucks fans, make sure you go follow one of our sponsors, Split Ticks. Follow them on Twitter at S-P-L-I-T-T-I-K-S. So what is Split Ticks? Well, you're able to reserve sports, concert, and other event tickets with a small deposit and pay off the rest in a flexible payment plan before your event date. So make sure you take advantage of that. And because you're a listener of the All Things Bucks podcast, you're able to use promo code All Things Buccaneers. Use that promo code and you will get a 10% discount on your purchase. Hey, and remember, go Bucks. What's up, Bucks fans, and welcome to the All Things Bucks podcast. I am your co-host, Corey Hayes. You can follow me on Twitter. And I'd like to say welcome back to my fellow co-host, CJ, as he had a one podcast off because this is indeed his birthday weekend. So welcome back, CJ. Hey, hey, it's good to be back fresh off this victory over there at Raymond James Stadium. So once again, it's your boy, CJ. Follow me on Twitter at CoreyJ. 863. And like you said, fresh off a of victory at Raymond James Stadium, we are recording this podcast on Sunday night. So that was a great victory. We're going to go ahead and talk about special teams to begin the podcast. Man, oh man, what a difference a kicking game makes. <laughs> what a difference a kicking game makes when you're not scared that your kicker is going to go out there and shank a kick or kick it wide right or kick it wide left or have it blocked. Cairo Santos, man, he's been perfect since he joined the Bucks. He went three for three on extra points and one for one on a field goal today. I can't say enough good things about this guy, and I hope that the Bucks have him in their long-term plans. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's doing a phenomenal job. Um, since he's been picked up by the organ by the organization. Excuse me, my voice is a little hoarse. Uh Saturday night, watched the Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury fight, yelling at the TV. And today, obviously, being at the game, yelling at the refs for the game of today. So voice is a little hoarse. Of course you were. Of course you were yelling at the refs. Oh, of course I was. Um, uh, but but yeah, man, Santos has been phenomenal for us. I'm really glad he's part of the organization. And he gives us that relaxing feeling when he's out there to kick. You're just like, oh, Santos got this. And that's how it should be. Um, but that's how it hasn't been for the organization for the past couple of years. So it's refreshing to see that. And shout out to him. Very proud of him. He's two games in a row. Let's hope he continues throughout the rest of the season to make all his kicks. Yeah, fans fans are very happy with him. Fans were never happy with Chandler Catanzaro. Fans were never happy with Roberto Aguayo. Fans were barely happy with Patrick Murray, but but fans are very happy with Cairo Santos, and I have to agree. Um, we're going to play Cairo Santos as our kicker for the remainder of the year, and I truly do hope that the Buccaneers sign him to a new contract. Same here. Same here, so... Let's keep the good times rolling for our kicking game. And then with the NFL, too, so many games come down to one possession. So many games come down to a few points here or there, and every point matters. And we missed out on so many opportunities to tack on those additional points um, in the beginning of the year because of the kicking game. So having that being a consistent um, opportunity to get those points, field goal, or extra point, it just, it just helps the game management um, to eke out some Ws. 
Yeah, definitely. The kicking game is is definitely a decider in some games this year. You've seen it across the league. Kicking has cost a bunch of teams, and I believe four teams across the league already this season have switched kickers due to bad kicking. So kicking is definitely a big part in the game. And as I said before, glad Cairo Santos is on our team and not on any other team. And he's happy to be with the organization. So that speaks volumes that a player wants to play for this organization. He's always wanted to play for this organization. So that speaks volumes and the organization just needs to do the right thing and wrap him up to a multi-year deal. And then on the opposite side, we had Graham Gano. He went three for three on his kicks, one field goal and two extra points. But it didn't really matter because we got the W. So, all right, let's go ahead and talk about the Panthers' offense on the day. Panthers' offense, Cam Newton. I mentioned it on the preview podcast. Cam Newton had to be pressured to force him to make bad throws, and he made plenty of them today. He made plenty of them. He went 28 for 41 for 300 yards. He did have two passing touchdowns, but he threw four interceptions. When in the hell have the Buccaneers had four interceptions recently? When? Uh, because this this was amazing. <laughs> this this was absolutely amazing. I said it on, on the preview podcast. Put pressure on Cam Newton, and good things will happen. And that's exactly you what we've done. That. That's exactly what we've done. We've rattled him in this game, in our stadium, it sounded like the crowd was very into this game. It sounded like there was a lot of Bucks fans cheering on the team with the complimentary tickets that they gave out. It didn't look like there was many, many people at the game, but it didn't look like it was an empty house either. No, it, I, you, 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 you saw um, scarce seats uh, that was not... Um, taken up, so there was pockets here and there, but at the game though, you could hear everyone who was there cheering on the t- cheering for the team at the stadium. Everyone who was there, it was a really good time. You know, at the stadium, they do the Tampa one side, Bay on the other side. So those who were there, man, they made some noise. Uh, we we definitely try to do our part as fans, especially on third down, to give the defense an extra boost. I think it definitely helped. Um, them in this game to make plays and to get turnovers and get, make stops. So shout out to the fan base who all showed up today and was able to get those free tickets and hook their family and friends up to show up to the game. And I think it, it definitely gave the, the players abuse. There was times where the stadium sounded a little more silent than it would typically be at an NFL game. But overall, uh, especially with the Bucks playing well today, the crowd, the crowd was in it. The crowd was in it the whole game. So hopefully we can get more, uh, more of our fans back into the seats um, for for the next home game. Yeah, absolutely. I could hear it on TV. I had my 65-inch blasting, so I could hear the fans on TV, especially on the fourth downs that we had the Panthers in. Uh, that late fourth down that we had them at midfield, it was it was definitely big for the fan base to be there and cheer on the Buccaneers and the players thrive off of it, which is why I understand that the Buccaneers have been losing, losing, losing for the past 11 years. But as a fan base, we need to show up because a lot of people were looking at the Buccaneers giving out free tickets and calling us the joke of the NFL because we can't fill our seats. So it was big to hear the crowd today rattle Cam Newton and that offense. And on that offense, Christian McCaffrey 
rushed for over 100 yards. He rushed 10 times for 106 yards. Cam Newton, of course, had some rushes out of the RPO or when the Bucks tried to sack him and his big-ass body got out of the sack. He, he ran the ball for a few yards. They tried some trickery once again on us like they did in Carolina, but it didn't work. Uh, with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, so they were held in check for the majority of the game. Curtis Samuel had six catches for 88 yards. Christian McCaffrey had nine catches for 55 yards and one receiving touchdown, which was in the first quarter. Ian Thomas, their backup tight end, had five catches for 46 yards, and the majority of those were on that last drive. They were trying to drive down with a minute to go, no timeouts to get a score to tie us. Jarius Wright had two catches for 44 yards. DJ Moore had four catches for 44 yards. Greg Olson had one catch for 13 yards and broke his foot in the process. So he was not a factor in this game. That was the touchdown. And Devin Funches had one catch for 10 yards and a touchdown. So he also he also was not a factor in this game, which goes to show that our secondary stepped up in this game. Yeah, they, they really did. Um, we, we knew... Christian McCaffrey would, would get his. Um, you alluded to that on the preview pod. And he's he's a playmaker. He's definitely playing at a Pro Bowl level in the league. And they find ways to get him the ball, whether it's between the tackles, whether it's in space, or in the receiving game. So he's going to get his touches, and he's going to make plays. Um, early on, he, especially with that big run that set up their first score, um, uh, it's, it's it's tough. It's tough to contain them, but I think after after that they did a really good. We got we got settled in. We got settled in, and we we figured out what they were going to do with him. And and the defense did a solid job of of, of containing him because he's gonna he's gonna make plays with a hundred rushing yards, and then he added fifty five reception yards. So he oh, he's an all purpose player. Yeah, absolutely. Christian McCaffrey is 100% the best all-purpose running back in the NFL. Not rushing-wise, but all-purpose because he can do both. And he's just a he's a crafty white white guy running back. And that's that's what a lot of people like. They like to see the white guy run the ball because you don't see a lot of white guys as the running back. So that's what a lot of white people like to see is a white running back. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's that's true because the majority of running backs in the league are of color. So it's it's always interesting to see a Caucasian guy back there running the ball and having that type of speed. And you alluded to our defense. Let's go ahead and talk about them for a second. The D-line came to play in this game. The Buccaneers D-line combined for seven quarterback hits and two sacks. Jason Pierre-Paul, another game with another sack. So he is at 11.5 on the season. Vinny Curry was the other player on the D-line that had a sack this game. Mm-hmm. Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy had a tackle and two quarterback hits. Great play by him. Vita Vea had one tackle. Will Golston had one tackle. Carl Nassib did not have a tackle, but he had two quarterback pressures. He should have had two quarterback sacks, but like I talked about earlier, Cam Newton is so big that it's hard to take him down when you try to wrap him up from above. You have to go for the legs for him in order to take him down. Yeah, he's he's tough. He's tough to bring down. I think I thought we did a decent job um, when we got there to bring him down. There was that one play where Carl did not uh, wrap him up enough, and he escaped and made a great play. But uh, overall, um, to contain him the way we did and to make plays and to get sacks, it was great. It was great to see. 
because um, we definitely didn't see the defensive line getting pressure like this for the beginning of the season. So to see the disruption via Vea, his stats his stats aren't going to pop off the charts um, with sacks and tackles, but his disruption and his ability to push back the center and to take on double teams, it's, it's, it's noticeable when you're watching the game and when you're seeing that oh, disruption yeah. that he's oh, causing. Oh, yeah, you definitely see uh, it. So... And he allows the defensive line to do to do different things as well because he can play uh if we want to switch to running a, a three four type defense, he can be that nose right in the middle and take on those double team blocks. So he, he provides versatility uh with the defensive line. So he started to be starting to to show why he was the first round pick. And it's just two games in a row where I think he's done a phenomenal job and I hope he continues that in this final stretch of the season. He, he has absolutely done a phenomenal job in the middle of the past two games. He may not have showed up big on the stat sheet, but you can see in the middle that he's plugging the holes and taking on the teams to free up the other defensive guys. Uh, my dad said that he saw Carl Nassib line up at linebacker in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, we are running different types of defensive formations, so I guess they dropped Carl Nassib back in the linebacker to do some stunts, which is interesting to me. They did it in a previous game. Remember, it was uh, it was a couple games ago, um, and he was running with the tight end or receiver on a wheel route or something. He made a play. So they've done it with him before. Oh yeah, he did. He knocked he knocked yeah. down the pass. That's right. I remember he did that. Like but they had him, I believe they had him on the inside this game running to place a linebacker, but I guess that's just to cover the void for when the linebacker's dropping coverage. He's there in the middle just to stand there and hopefully break up a pass if they do go to the middle but still that's interesting to me that Duffner's running these type of stunts and these stunts are working so just keep using them keep using these type of stunts our linebacker core we got our star linebacker back in this game Levante David returned and he didn't disappoint Levante David finished with 12 tackles he had a pass breakup and he also destroyed Cam Newton on a sack which was very interesting to see because you don't see our linebackers very much blitz but when you do they're going to get pressure on the quarterback so that was great to see Levante get back there and get him a sack felt like I was watching 2015 Levante David once again with all the pressures that he had uh, yo when he came on that sack I was looking at I, I I didn't see him at all. So I was looking into the backfield because uh, I think it was like a play action type motion play they did on that. And next thing I know, wham, I'm like, where the hell did Devontae David just come from on that play? Like the 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 stadium erupted on that sack. It was great. Yeah, I, I could tell they were they were happy after that because it was a first down. They ran a play action out of the shotgun and he came off of the right edge on the defense which is the left edge the left tackle and the left tackle went in to block the defensive end which left Levante David wide open so it was a delayed blitz so Cam Newton never saw it coming and Levante just laid him out and I love that um Darius Darius Taylor had four tackles and one pass breakup on the day Kevin Minter had three tackles, and Kevin Minter started the game with a sack. Oh, he Kevin sure Minter did. got in there and got a sack, and, and that was great, too. That was a delayed blitz. He just went unblocked right up the middle and destroyed Cam Newton, and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, Mickey D, ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
I'm loving it. <laughs> that, that's great. Uh, your your singing bites get people people going on Twitter. So that that one was great right there. And then Cam <laughs> Cam Lynch had a tackle in this game. So our linebackers came to play as well when it came to coverage and distributing and contributing to hitting Cam Newton. And then let's go ahead and talk about our DBs for one second. Let's talk about our secondary who only had one starter in this game and the rest were backups. And that starter got injured, so we had all backups in our secondary. All backups. But what did our secondary do? Our secondary stepped up to the plate. And the number one man on in our secondary this game, I mentioned him in the preview podcast, Andrew Adams, double A. They said change his name to Triple A because the man had three interceptions. What? Three interceptions, man. Three interceptions from him. He got the hat trick, and everybody was going crazy on social media. It was great, man. It was great to see that um, hat trick. He's a backup safety, but when Justin Evans went out for the game again with that lingering toe injury, Andrew Adams stepped up to the plate, and it all starts with the pass rush that our defensive line got. They got to Cam Newton, and Andrew Adams was right there in our in the wide receiver and tight end's faces, which led to his three interceptions. So, shout out to Andrew Adams getting the three interceptions on the day. Our other safety, Jordan Whitehead, had seven tackles. The backup safety, Isaiah Johnson, had four tackles. Then he exited the game with a concussion, which gave Andrew Adams even more playing time. JV and Elliott recorded four tackles, and he got his first interception of his career, which led to the Buccaneers scoring before the half. So shout out to JV and Elliott on his first interception on the year. FSU, FSU. <laughs> oh, you had to get oh, that yeah, plug bite in. I Come did. on, man. I did. Come on, Everybody man. in there is talking about he was a walk on at FSU. He was a walk on for the Bucks, and it's true. And he's worked his ass off. Dirk Cutter talked about him today in the press conference. Said that Javian Elliott has been around this team for two years, and he has worked his ass off to stay on the fifty-three. We have released him a few times, but we just pick him right back up because we have to fill voids sometimes when players go down or players go to IR. So. So we just pick him right back up. And when we do, he makes plays. Um, what else did we have? Ryan Smith. Everybody's everybody's guy, Ryan Smith. Ryan Smith was out there. He, he had plays. He had three tackles and one pass breakup. Could have had an interception in this game as well. Could have been five interceptions for the Buccaneers. But... He still played well. I don't know why the Bucks don't use him that much. Devontae Harris, man. Devontae Harris started and the man had two pass breakups or three pass breakups actually. That was great to see. He was jumping the passing lane. He almost had two interceptions. It was crazy. Our DBs were were playing with their wide receivers and I loved every second of it. Yeah, it it was good to see because you, you know, I I saw on Twitter some Panthers fans that I follow and um I was like, oh, Cam Newton going to have a field day against this secondary. They got so many players out, so many players hurt. Oh, man, if they don't have a big gate through the air, man, I'll give up on the team. Something to that nature. That wasn't verbatim, but it sounded similar to what I just said. And the defense stepped up. Ryan Smith, Harris, Adams, all those guys, man, they did a really great job. Hats off to them for going out there and making plays. And to to shut the haters up, man, because they they went out there and they did their thing. JV and Elliott out there making plays. So it it was great to see. It was real great to see. 
Keep that same energy the rest of the season, Young Bucks. Oh, yeah, definitely. They need to keep the energy. And you mentioned the Panthers fans on Twitter talking about they should have a field day with our banged-up secondary and our young guys. Well, the Panthers fans had been in the full-press Buccaneers Twitter mentions a bunch. And I tweeted at them today, the full-press Buccaneers page run by Mark and Phil, to ask if there was any Panthers fans in their mentions today. You know what they said? What did they say? Nope. <laughs> Ain't no Panthers fans oh, in they, my mentions today. Panthers fans are big, Macca. First of all, let's put things in perspective. The last win they got was against us, and they shouldn't have won that game. Since then, they've lost four straight games. So they're self-destructing as we speak. They're ready to fire the head coach. They don't want any of their secondary players to play anymore. They don't like their wide receivers. They hate Fletcher's. They say they don't resign him. It's a mess when it comes to them and their fans. It kind of sounds like our fans when things aren't going our way. Um, they have sim- fans are going to be fans. So, um, but I, their their mess up is our come up. So we got that W today, and I'm happy for it. Absolutely, I am as well. And let's go ahead and talk about how our offense was very productive today. Our quarterback, Jameis Winston, went 20 for 30 for 249 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and he also ran the ball five times for 48 yards. That man is learning to hold on to the ball and not make mistakes like he did previously in this season. This is the second straight game that Jameis Winston has gone turnover free. This is the second straight game that we've saw Jameis Winston, when nothing is open, decide to tuck it and run. I don't know what has changed what the coaching staff has changed I guess they're probably telling him to go ahead and do what you have to do just do not force the ball anymore and it looks like that's what he is doing he is not forcing the ball down the field like he used to and it is showing up in the stat sheet oh yeah Jameis well let's pull up these stats of 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 Mr. Jameis Winston with the visor on courtesy of AT member Ashley put that on make sure um, you guys follow her at EMT underscore Abrams. And the stats show for Visor Jameis, he's 49 of 68, 561 yards, four touchdowns, zero turnovers, with a passer rating of 117 and 114. And we are 2-0 with Visor Jameis. Beast out here making great decisions the visor the visor must have something some advantage for him because it it's doing something to the point where the defense has no idea how they're going to read Jameis Winston anymore and it, it's just great to see man so many people were down on this guy so many people are like trade him at the deadline release him after the season but this this guy right here that's playing right now this is the quarterback that we knew that we had and it's finally coming out it's coming out because he knows that he he can't be dumb anymore. He can't make dumb decisions. He alluded to it in his press conference earlier this week that he's playing for Antonor, his son. He's playing for Antonor. He gets to go home every night and see his baby son and say, I'm doing what I'm doing for you, baby boy. So it, it's great to see that he's bouncing back from the benching, and, and it's in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, it's, it's good to see, especially when uh, you, you're playing for something more than than – you know, just the fame of the game or just for your your legacy on the field. You're playing for family. You're playing for a, a, a cause that's bigger than football. So for him to do that, uh, it's just showing his maturity. 
And you can see it on the field, him taking sacks instead of making bonehead throws, him getting out of bounds, him stepping up and making the run. Great. Well, you saw those wheels? Oh, yeah. I did. Yeah, Jameis was back today, man. Them wheels, man. He was running out there looking like 2004 Michael Vick. Okay, that was a little bit of a scratch. <laughs> but he was out there making plays. <laughs> That's what's important. Yeah, he, he definitely made plays on the ground as well as through the air today. And that was key in our victory along with our defense. So that boy, Peyton Barber, ran 16 times for 41 yards and one touchdown. Feel like it should have been two touchdowns. The referees hosed us on a goal line call where Peyton Barber was on the top of Donovan Smith over over the top of the goal line. He was on top of Donovan Smith, and the ball falls out of his hand after he's crossed the goal line. But other than that, Peyton Barber always does his thing. I just hate the fact that when Peyton Barber gets going, one, we take him out of the game, and two, our right side of the line just gets blown back right into him, and he can't do anything when we try to run the stretch play that way. Yeah. Um, number 77, I don't even care about his name anymore. No number 77 is, is just the worst. Um, and running plays that way, like, we we have to find somebody to, to, to take that spot and to do better because it, it just ruins plays. Thank goodness Jameis can work magic out there and make things happen. But for the long haul, that has to be fixed and addressed um, to, to, to save some years on Jameis Winston's life and on Peyton Barber's life. <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's baffling to me that they're still doing this right guard rotation when he who should not be named is just so bad. We should just play the rookie Alex Kappa the rest of the year. I don't care. I want to see what we have in him. Develop him, man. Let him get his snaps and just leave the other guy out of there. And then your boy, Ronald Jones, ran four times for two yards. Yeah, he, he, he didn't look great. Um, Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones can't, he can't run out of the backfield, I mean, with this right side of the offensive line. And that's where we try to run the majority of the time. He can't, he can't run the ball like that. And we should just flex him out or just throw to him out of the backfield because right now he can't run the ball at all out of the backfield. Yeah, out of those four runs, two of them definitely, there was a, like a, a stretch sweep play. Luke Keekley was beelining straight towards him. He tried to cut it back in. Even if he would have kept outside, Luke Keekley runs like a 4-5. or five. Like, he's coming to get him. Um, and then there was another play where, like, as soon as he got the ball, one of our offensive linemen were, was in the backfield. He had to sidestep that and then ran right into defenders. So uh, hopefully they can find a way how they get McCaffrey into space. They need to find a way to get Rojo into space like that and then see what he can do. Um, But other than that, continue to feed Peyton Barber, um, offensive coordinator, because I don't know if it's Coach Cutter or if it's it's our other guy who calls plays. So get him into space and let's see what he can do there. I thought he was going to get an opportunity on kickoffs because they had him. They're not the one to receive it. But maybe they could have did like a trick play. He would have came around the end, hopeful thinking. But we didn't get any returns in the in the kickoff game. So nothing ever manifested there. 
Yeah, unfortunately, we really can't run the ball back with this kicking rule. Majority of the kicks are going to be kicked out of the end zone, so there's not really a chance for Ronald Jones to return. We had Bobo Wilson back there, too, and he couldn't return because they just kick it out of the end zone. But we're still talking about our offense right now, so let's go ahead and talk about our receivers. Chris Godwin led all Bucks receivers with five catches for 101 yards and one touchdown. You said it on Twitter before the game. Chris Godwin would have 125 yards and two touchdowns. Downs. He was close to that, but he still had a great game, over 100 yards, and that touchdown. Adam Humphreys once again showing up, seven catches for 61 yards and one touchdown. Mike Evans had a better game this game than he did in Carolina with four catches for 48 yards. Cameron Bray had three catches for 36 yards. Yeah, um, Cam Bray, man, I thought you had that touchdown and you just let that one slip away. And, um, yeah, there were other opportunities where he could have definitely made plays. That one that hit the ground, his fingertip was kind of underneath it. But I I would have overturned it if I was the ref either um, on that play, that third down play late in the game. But, yeah, Mike Evans, he was out there making plays. Uh, I wish he would have got a touchdown for fantasy purposes. Uh, shout out to Chris Godwin, monster game from him. Um, definitely, there were definitely more opportunities for him. I think they need to keep him on the field more than sixty percent of the plays that we run. Adam Humphreys, Mister Consistency, he runs great routes and makes plays for us, especially in the screen game. And who else are we missing here? That's it. That's that's who we talked about. That, yeah, that was the cast today because cause Justin Watkins, uh, he could have had a pass. Got tipped at the line. The tipped at the line of scrimmage. Uh, so that was our that was our, our pass catching group today. And, you know, they did a solid job. And Jameis did a, did a solid job making the right decisions, making the right reads, making good throws. Um, it was some it was a windy day out there at the field. So if you were at the game, you could feel the wind, and especially in the stadium. Um, it was windy. So. I didn't think we were going to see too many deep balls because of that factor. And you could see, like, even when Cam threw one deep, you could see how it just floated up in the air a little bit and got caught um, in, in those gusts. So, But uh, he, the throws that he did make, especially the longer throws, put some zip on those balls, and the guys made plays. Yeah, they definitely did make plays for Jameis Winston. We had that deep ball to Bobo Wilson that would have been a touchdown had Jameis Winston not had pressure in his face. So that's our speed guy right there. If Deshaun Jackson is no longer a part of the team's future plans with his injury and such, Bobo Wilson should be our speed guy because, man, he was wide open down the field. I mean, he he left the line of scrimmage, and he was wide open. So maybe we'll see some more from Bobo Wilson, but we didn't get to see anything from him this week. Yeah, he'll get his opportunities. Um that deep pass where we got the pass interference break, um, he was he was open. Opportunity was there, but the ball got hung up. Thank goodness the ref called PI and put us on on the goal line there. But he'll 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 get his opportunity, especially if, uh, if Deshaun is out for for a period of time. <laughs> but what the uh, Bucks mob call it a Mejax Mejax is out <laughs> for a period of time. <laughs> um, if maybe you know that thumb injury may keep him out the rest of the year. We shall see. Uh, I'm just happy we got a W today. Offense still look good. I'll, I, if James Winston can get a great running game, 
with him. Um, he would be probably the most deadliest quarterback in the game. But we need that consistent running game um, for him because you can see what he does with the weapons that he has. He, he, you know, he makes players, he makes other players around him better, and that's you know a sign of a leader. Yeah, he he definitely is a leader, and if we can actually get the run game going behind him with our right side of the ball, because if we run to the left, you see Ali Marpet, Donovan Smith, and Ryan Jensen just blowing the defender back, opening holes for Peyton Barber. But like you said, if we can get a legit running game, be consistent, then Jameis Winston has the tools to be top five, if not top three quarterbacks in the league. So we just need to be patient and see what the team is going to do in terms of that. And let's go ahead and talk about the Panthers' defense before we wrap up the podcast. Panthers' defense, their defensive line recorded four sacks on Jameis Winston. Dontari Poe had three tackles in one sack. K1 Short had three tackles in one sack. F.A. Obata had two tackles in one sack. Julius Peppers had one tackle. Mario Addison had one tackle and half a sack. Thomas Davis, the linebacker, had eight tackles. Luke Keekley had five tackles and two pass breakups. Shaq Thompson had three tackles and one pass breakup. Captain Munnerlin had seven tackles and one pass breakup. Dante Jackson had six tackles but no pass breakups, which is very surprising to me. James Bradbury had four tackles. Eric Reed had four tackles and one pass breakup. So that's a summary of what their defense did today against the Buccaneers. Yeah, their defense, um, they made their stops. Uh, I, I um, applaud Jameis for, you know, taking what the defense gives him and also – when it wasn't there, sometimes receivers just were not open, and he would take the sack. And now I, I loved it. Like, you you know, other times, like, oh, man, why did you take that sack? Oh, man, that's such a negative play. No. Live to fight another down. The defense is playing well. Manage the game. Again, give yourself an opportunity to win instead of giving away the game. Um, and that's what we did today. Yeah, we definitely were very clutch in all aspects of the game today, which is why the Buccaneers came out with the 24-17 victory over the divisional foe Carolina Panthers. So I was very, very happy with the outcome of this game. It was something that we've been waiting to see for a while. These last two games have been complete games by our team as a whole. So hopefully this just continues and carries on to the last four games of the season. And my player of the game, this game, hands down, Andrew Adams. Andrew Adams with those three interceptions was huge. And I don't think without those three interceptions, I don't know the landscape of this game. I couldn't tell you how the game would end without those interceptions. But those three interceptions were very huge because we scored on two two of them. We scored on two drives for turnovers. So that's that's great. Yeah, that man, he could have he he had a hat trick, but he could have had four. Like he literally could have had a four interception game had he not uh dropped that that tip pass um down the stretch. I was like, oh man, if this guy would have hit four interceptions in a game. Like for sure with the three, he's going to be the NFC defensive player of the of the week, uh, with those three interceptions. But he had he had a, a game for the books. Um, hats off to him playing his butt off coming in when Justin Evans got injured. So it is great to see games where guys you don't even know they're on a roster and they come out and have a game like this. So uh, once again, a huge congrats to him 
on completing a hat trick and being the nightmare in Cam Newton's dreams. Yeah, he, he was definitely a nightmare in Cam Newton's dreams. And it's great to see that he had this type of game because when the Giants got rid of him after training camp, it looked like there was nothing for the guy. The guy has talent, and he's been making plays for the Bucks since he's been here. And I'm so glad to see that it's paying off for him. So shout-out to Andrew Adams once again. And on that note, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this recap podcast I am your co-host, Corey Hayes. You can follow me on Twitter at Corey underscore Hayes 407. And it's your co-host, CJ. Follow me at CoreyJ863. Go ahead and follow the All Things Bucks page on Twitter at All Things TB Bucks. Go ahead and follow our podcast page on Twitter at ATB Podcast underscore. And on that note, before we officially wrap up this podcast, I want to wish happy birthday to CJ. I hope it's a great one. Make it a great year, a blessed year. Definitely, man. Thank you so much. It's going to be a great year. Chapter 28. And what better way to celebrate the birthday coming in with a Bucks victory. Victory Monday tomorrow. If you're listening to tomorrow, it's Victory Monday. Post your picks. Go into work excited. Go talk your smack. Hey, and let's have a great week. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.